0: Good evening. Before we begin, a disclaimer and a warning for tonight's episode. Tonight's broadcast may be unsuitable for children, adults, and living creatures. Listener's discretion is advised. I've been keeping my ear to the streets. The UK run out of ideas. Everybody's giving covers of America. Live from the in-the-room studios located in the Net Carrier and Cloud, this is the VOC Nation Radio Network. Wow, I think that's our cue, Tony Colombo. What's going on, my friend?
1: <laughs> what's happening? Yeah, I was I, – I, that's uh, – I like that intro. I, I wasn't prepared for all that. I was like, are we listening to somebody else's show? What's happening right now? <laughs> I know. This is, so for
0: people that aren't aware, we are Smack Talk Live. We are a radio podcast show uh, out of St. Louis in Michigan. Tony Colombo, mm-hmm. what's going on, buddy?
1: Not too much, Dennis Farrell. How are you, my friend?
0: I am good. I'm ready. This is a a live test show, I guess you would say. This is our Elimination Chamber Preview Show. So we are uh, launching a, I guess, load-the-chat room up. We're we're getting things ready. I'm going to relay information. Uh, Now, we're not expecting calls because this was kind of of spur-of-the-moment. We didn't really put... uh, Any thought into this, but if you want to be a part of this, (laughs) I'll throw out the call in number. But we're not really expecting it, and you know, you guys are more than welcome.
1: Like every show we do, like every show we do, we didn't put any thought into it. No, our effort.
0: (laughs) But, but Tony, why don't you tell them a little bit about the history of Smack Talk Live before we get into our Elimination Chamber previews, predictions, and uh, anything else that goes uh, sweetly with. The Elimination
1: Chamber. Yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. So, um, as Dennis just mentioned, we are a wrestling podcast. Uh, two, two hosts, myself, Tony Colombo, and uh, Dennis Farrell, who you just heard. And we are in two separate cities. I am in St. Louis, and Dennis is in Detroit. And we have been friends for several years because I am a part of a radio show on FM News Talk 97.1 here in St. Louis, and it's a talk show about just about everything. We cover news and politics and sports and entertainment and everything, and Dennis uh, became a part of our show as uh, one of our sports experts, our fantasy, fantasy football, football. Yeah. expert, and over time we di- we discussed our mutual admiration for wrestling um we have a wrestling company that's based out of st louis in kansas city called the nwl the national wrestling league that i um am fortunate enough to do ads for i'm a part of that organization as far as being a spokesperson for them and um and so dennis and i had uh, the idea of You know, we're both radio guys and we both love professional wrestling. We have a love for discussing it and why not share that and see if anybody wants to come along and be a part of it so we've had this podcast for just a few months and this is the first time that we're trying out this uh live uh format and if anybody calls in that'll just be absolutely icing on the cake but we appreciate voc nation and we appreciate anybody that's been a part of this early journey as we do this wrestling podcast that we call smack talk live uh, How was that, Dennis? How was that as a as a description? Did I do good?
0: You did great, man. It brought a tear to my eye. So, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the Elimination Chamber itself, the pay per view. This is one of these pay per views that I'm ho hum about, uh, and it's not because of the only the two week setup that we have for this right out of the Royal Rumble for SmackDown, but. Historically speaking, this is just one of those pay-per-views I don't think I ever made time or effort to really watch. It, it never caught my fancy.
1: Uh, one thing about the Elimination Chamber that I'll say is that I love the concept, and I get excited because they always, in my mind, do a good job of presenting what appears to be a big match with big stipulations but maybe to your point a little bit it seems like the elimination the elimination chamber has more often not delivered than it has delivered and i could be wrong about that i'm not i don't have every single elimination chamber match you know at my fingertips right now and and i, I just know you know just when I think about the Elimination Chamber, I don't have any huge um, memories that immediately spring to mind. The things that spring to mind are things like uh, Jack Swagger winning the Elimination Chamber once, yeah. or uh, Bill Goldberg when he was supposed to beat Triple H, not beating Triple H. And it just kind of went, um, Those are the kind of things that I think of when I think of the Elimination Chamber. So, um, but I love... The idea of it, I love the structure. I love the rules. I love that it's part steel cage match, part Royal Rumble. Um, you know, I, I love all that stuff. But I agree with you that in the past, it hasn't really, um, you know, been this big thing that that it should be. I think.
0: Yeah, you know, and there have been some pretty cool moments. I think I couldn't even remember the two participants who spared one through the glass, and and, and I yeah. think there was a time where someone tried to stay locked into the chamber.
1: That that kind of stuff? I know that was Mark Henry that got... I know that it was Mark Henry that was in the glass when it got broken. He didn't know if he should come in the match or not come in the match. And that screwed everybody up. And then from that point on, that uh, that chamber match looked like a, a mess. I remember that much. Yeah, uh, but after that,
0: what, what really has the Elimination Chamber brought us? To, to me, it's not much. And I am one of these old school guys where I wish we'd go back to six to eight pay-per-views a year. I, I think two, two a month is way too many.
1: I think two a month is way too many, but six to eight a year is not enough. I, I think there's there should be a happy medium in there. I, I like the fact that two brands have brand-specific uh, pay-per-views, but I think maybe in months that there is one of the big four, uh, like we had Royal Rumble this month, then maybe that's a month where you don't have, you know, you don't have back-to-back or really close um, pay-per-views. I I know Royal Rumble was in January and this is February, but you know what I mean. It was two weeks ago. So um, I think that you should spread out from there. That way you never get yourself into this situation. So if there's a month or a four-week, six-week period where there's not one of the big four, then sure, do your own brand-specific pay-per-views, but don't do them so close to one of the big ones because then you get in a situation like we're looking at right now with all these pay-per-views all jammed together back-to-back-to-back. But let's not linger on the past. Let's hope for the future and a really good show uh, tomorrow at the Elimination Chamber. What did you think about the build, the short build that they had for this? Do you think that they were able to – uh, produce any excitement at all for this pay-per-view and this match tomorrow? Uh, not at all.
0: Uh, you know, I felt like the Elimination Chamber itself was rushed. I mean, they announced it. Like, it. hey, we just randomly picked these blank number of guys to be in the Elimination Chamber Championship match. Uh, the tag team turmoil match seemed very rushed like out come the american alphas after not uh being on tv or challenging for the belt in so many what weeks it felt like not even on the last pay-per-view or even the pre-show and all of a sudden they're like hey we're still alive and then every pay, every tag team comes out like we're just lump us into one big match uh yeah i hate that yeah you know and, and we'll break down each match as we go on but I think everything seemed rushed. The only thing I'm honestly excited about is I feel I feel like the Nikki Bella-Natalia N- Nat- match is going to be phenomenal, and I have a good feeling that Becky Lynch and Mickie James could tear down the house.
1: Yeah, I, I feel that way more about Becky and Mickie than I do about um, Nikki and Natalia. Now, Natalia is a great worker, so if anybody can sort of... Um, uh, make that match go. She's the one to do it, and and Nikki is is. I'm not a Nikki Bella hater at all, um, but I you know I, I like that we have a, a a cool secondary feud happening right now um, on on the on the brand. Actually, there's a few happening, which is which one of the things that makes SmackDown so much better than Raw. Um, but yeah, I don't know that that's going to be a technical thrill. Uh, so we'll have to see about that one, but I I definitely think that Mickey and Becky have an opportunity to really show how good of a you know how the, those two skills are. Um, but yeah, I'm not so sure about the other one.
0: Yeah, and you know, and what is it, Fastlane next? It seems like we're just kind of tr- just trying to get through to WrestleMania. Um, yeah, it, I'm. N- let, let's start talking about the card before we get off into like different. Tangents yeah, before here. we get
1: off into a tan- Yeah, we don't want to get started on Fast Lane and started on the Raw brand and start nitpicking yeah. everything that's going on over there. Let's uh, let's focus on SmackDown and Elimination Chamber. Let,
0: let's talk Mojo Riley versus Kurt Hawkins, which I guess is the pre-show <laughs> match.
1: I, I I didn't even know that was happening. Yeah. I swear to you, I didn't even know that was a match.
0: That's the pre-show match. <laughs> as sad as that sounds. So, wow, you know why? What a, I, what a bunch of who cares? Why did they bring Kurt Hawking back? And what was this Kurt? You know the the ripoff of uh, what what
1: what's the, the uh, kung fu BS stuff? I, I didn't. Uh. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Here's how important this match is. I'm pretty sure you're pronouncing both of their names wrong. It's Hawkins Hawkinson, and Raleigh. Man. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I go like. But Mojo. anyway, but there you go. But that just proves a, that just proves a point. I get trying to find something for these guys to do, but geez, what feud are they in? Why in the hell are they on a pay per view? And couldn't you find something better to do with the time here? I literally didn't know that was a match until you said that. I, I that is not even a joke. Um, to answer your question, what Kurt Hawkins was brought back for? was to be enhancement talent, was to basically be a jobber to help put guys over, which is fine, but you can't have him be a jobber and give him weeks and weeks of vignettes and promos building up for his return and give him enough of a character that it looks like he's supposed to be something. You bring him back and you just... Let him do – you just let him do his thing. I mean, don't make him a total, you know, straight-up jobber. you got to give him a little bit here and there. you got to give him something to keep his character, you know, employed, to give, give him a reason to be on television. But for the most part, he's just supposed to be a guy to make other people look good and put other guys over, which is fine. But the way they've gone about it, they've sort of made his character look like something big and important When he's not supposed to be, and he's in the ring, he's doing what he was brought here to do, and that's just lose all the time.
0: He's doing a great job of losing all the time. I'm not
1: going to lie to you. Well, yeah, that's what he's he's here for. But, yeah, the character, I don't get it at all. I don't don't understand why they went through all the build for him because he's not supposed to be winning any matches, and he's not. And he's going to lose to Mojo Rawley, and nobody's going to care. Is he? Does it? If these
0: two face off in the middle of the ring, does anybody care? Nobody cares. Not one.
1: Nobody person.
0: cares. Yeah, I, and it
1: doesn't do Mojo. It doesn't beating Kurt Hawkins doesn't put, put Mo, doesn't help Mojo. Doesn't give him any. Man, Mojo that that injury to Jack, uh, to Zack Ryder really just messed things up for Mojo because that tag team could have been a mid-card, middle-of-the-road tag team, and maybe even had a little cup of coffee with the titles at some point. But without Zack Ryder and without that team, Mojo is just lost. Yes.
0: I didn't even like the tag team to begin with. They were just – I get that they were like the hype bros or something, but they—they they, nothing about yeah. that tag team interested me going further. And I'm not sure if this helps or hurts Mojo, but I don't care about him just as much.
1: Yeah, I don't think it. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt him, but there's nothing really to hurt because he has nothing right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know that it helps him either. Let's. Uh, but talk- yeah, that tag team. You know, the tag team division's so thin, so already and so pointless, and there are no faces in it. Um, so, so the tag team had a chance to do something, but you know, without the tag team, Mojo's yeah up uh, S Creek.
0: I agree. So let's move on and talk about the Nikki Bella and Natalia.
1: By the way, who wins that match just for – Oh, yeah, we need to make our predictions. I said Mojo wins. Mojo wins and nobody cares. That's
0: what I'm going with. Mojo. Uh, I'll go with Mojo too. I'm writing this down because I want to start keeping track of our pay-per-view records. Ooh, I like it. Uh, Nikki, uh, Nikki, Nikki Bella and Nat, Natalia. Uh, that's the next match. and I'm not going in any sort of certain order. Let's talk about this because to me, this is the greatest women's uh, match right now. The greatest women's feud going on on both brands. I love the way both these two girls are are just handling themselves.
1: Really? Yeah. What do you like so much about it? What is why? Uh, what makes this stand out? over, say, you know, what Nikki... I feel like Nikki just did... Who did Nikki feud with last? I feel like it was the same feud because they did the whole John Cena will never love you and, you know, now Natty's doing the same thing. But this was it. this... Oh, it was Carmella. It was Carmella. It was Carmella and Nikki right before this. And it seems to me like it's the same feud. So what, for you, makes this stand out over that feud and others?
0: Uh, You know... Now, and I've said this many other podcasts as I've been a guest on, if you watch these two closely, Nikki has been the physical aggressor every time these two are together. And, you know, look, I know that this is kind of her swan song and this is going to be her transition to a part-time wrestler. But Natty Natty right now is, is doing the best, you know, on the mic I've ever seen her. She's keeping it fresh, and the the words coming out of her mouth are like daggers. They they seem to g- hurt, and this just seems very real. And they're incorporating a lot of SmackDown Live stuff and a lot of backstage stuff. I think this—listen, we, we, we get this—everything uh, we see in wrestling is recycled and repackaged. But this seems—yeah, sure, I get it, but it still seems kind of fresh because— Natalie is just on her game in this right now.
1: i i don't I, I'm just not watching the same feud you're watching. <laughs> i I don't think it's bad at all. i I think it's fine, and mm-hmm. but that's it. I just think it's fine. C plus B minus. Something like that. It gives them both something to do. It's a legitimate feud. They're doing okay with it. I don't think the acting's that great. I don't think the promos have been that great. I think they've been okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a decent feud. But I'm not—I I don't have nearly the excitement for it as you do. Um, who do you think? Who do you think goes over? And and is this the end, or is it going to be like a screwy finish and the feud continues?
0: Uh, you know what? I'm ju- I'm going Nat here. I know I'm probably wrong, but hey, you know they're gonna have to write Nikki off TV somehow, and I think that that Nat- Nat- Natalia is just gonna have have her way with Nikki this time around. I- I'm gonna guess that you're going with Nikki.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Nikki. Um, I think that you know there's rumors. Boy, I hope this doesn't happen. But there's rumors that the WrestleMania match is. John Cena and Nikki Bella versus the Miz and Maurice in a mixed tag team match, and I'm not even making that up. I don't know if you've heard that rumor or not, but it's getting a lot of steam. I have, um, but, but that just—I have, you, yeah. That that to me is a waste of John Cena, but but it would be to that, like you said, build up to sort of Nikki not retiring, but you know, really uh, uh, coming off television for a period of time and not making, not becoming a regular. Participant, a weekly participant, more of a part timer. Um, hmm. I hope that doesn't happen, but I think I think Nikki wins, and I think it, it, you, we're going to start to see Nikki move on to something else pretty soon.
0: Um, I can confirm that that's not going to happen. I have a buddy who does another podcast and used to produce for the Miz's Fantasy Football Radio Show over on XM, and he said that he had talked to the Miz just recently. And Miz was like, "No, that's not happening. Uh, that's just internet rumors spreading like wildfire." Fire. Uh, I can't tell you who I'm facing at WrestleMania, but that's not going to be the card.
1: I hope. I hope that's right.
0: It, 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 I hope that's right. And and I 100% believe that.
1: Good. Yeah. So. Good. I believe it too, then, because it just seems like a waste. It it seems like one of those things that's. An internet, an internet rumor because it it, I can't imagine them putting John Cena. John Cena was rumored to be wrestling The Undertaker at WrestleMania. And you go from rumors to be the guy to take on The Undertaker to being in a mixed tag team match. I mean, it, I can't imagine him that happening. So Yeah,
0: it, that's not going to happen. So I, I can 100% confirm this right now to whoever's listening right, like out it. there. That match, you heard it not. here first. You you did that match will not take place. Uh, let's move on and talk about the tag team turmoil, turmoil match, which I have zero interest in. It's the American Alphas, Heath Slater, Rhino, Brizango, uh, the Usos, Ascension, who finally got their first win since like mid of last year on TV. The Bad Villains. Mm-hmm. What what do you see happening in this match?
1: This is a no, this is. I don't understand. SmackDown does this all the time with the tag teams. Um, Raw does it all the time with the cruiserweights when you just want to get everybody on the card. And so you don't have anything for them to do. You want to get everybody on the show. So let's just throw them all in one big match. Mm -hmm. I hate it. I hate that type of booking. I hate this kind of match. A tag team turmoil match with a whole bunch of teams in it, if it makes sense, I'm all for it. If somehow the story, you know, dictates that, then, okay, I'm okay with it. It's not the type of match. It's this particular match that I am just rolling my eyes at. Um I don't know why I don't know why there's not a feud here. I don't know why Alpha's American Alpha's not feuding with someone. I don't know why there's not a secondary tag feud going on somewhere. why, why isn't there storylines in the tag team division right now? Why is it? Why didn't American Alpha even be on the Royal Rumble card? Why didn't they defend the titles then? Why haven't they why haven't we seen them in a feud with somebody in a storyline with somebody? I don't I don't get any of it. I don't understand what they're doing with the tag Division on SmackDown. Even if you're waiting for maybe they're debuting some, maybe the Ascension is, or not the Ascension, the um, uh, uh, down in uh, NXT. God, why did I? I just drew a total blank on the name of the team. Anyway, Paul, maybe Paul you're Ellaby? waiting for one of those teams to come up. What?
0: The the team that's uh, managed by Paul Ellaby.
1: Yeah, yeah, Paul Ellering, not not oh, DIY. I keep thinking DIY, but it's the the guys that they. Uh, Forget it. It's gone. And But you know what I'm saying. Uh, maybe yep. you're waiting for one of those teams to come up, and and so you're sort of in pause mode here on the tag team. But that doesn't mean you couldn't just put together a, a, some story to hold you over until, until that moment comes. There's nothing. Um, this is, just seems like a waste of time to me.
0: Do you know what this feels like? We're supposed to be led to believe that SmackDown is a land of opportunities and different booking, and and look how different we are. Where ultimately it's kind of still more of the same if you think about it. Look at who's in the elimination chamber match. I mean, and we'll get to that here in a second. But you know, maybe Baron Corbin is the one that deserves. You know, is the uh, look he broke through the glass ceiling. But Bray has been in some major events in WrestleMania. The Miz is a champion and a former champion. Dean Ambrose is the Intercontinental Champion. AJ Styles just lost the belt. John Cena has the belt. Where's the lane of opportunity at?
1: Well, I agree with you. I mean, you make a good point when you look at this particular situation, this tag team situation, and you look at guys like, uh, Apollo Cruz and, uh, you know, the, and Tyler Breeze and and they've been on SmackDown Has not done them any favors, but, I still think overall they have been more creative than raw and they have done more with less, um, and put on a better show than raw, but they are far from perfect. So I can't, um, I can't argue with you there, but I do have a, I, I do have a surprise pick for this match. I think that that Ascension, I think that that Ascension win last week was, was, was telegraphing what's going to happen because really? here's why I think that the tag team division for everything. I'm not going to do it again, but for everything I just said, the tag team division is boring and stale and who cares? And it's terrible. WWE from time to time, when that type of situation is happening, they'll pull some crazy stunt just to get people talking. It's sort of a hot shot way to suddenly make the division in their mind relevant. It's not really relevant yet, but it does does get people immediately talking about the tag team division if you do something that's completely off the wall and completely crazy, kind of like Zack Ryder winning the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania last year, you know, a lifetime basically jobber uh, that's had a couple moments in time where he's done something good but nobody expected that and suddenly that happens and everybody's talking about him and everybody's talking about the Intercontinental title and what's going to happen now and I I could see them doing that exact same thing here by letting the Ascension win or maybe even something like uh, Brazango maybe even them winning it but I I think it's going to be a shocker of a um of somebody taking those titles, probably in a very, probably not by pinning American alpha. You know, one of these deals where it's the Vaude villains or somebody that gets panned or, you know, somebody who's in, you know, somebody like that in the match gets penned, um, causing the titles to change hands. But I think it's going to be something screwy like that. So my pick is the Ascension for this match, believe it or not.
0: Oh, that's not bad. Cause I'm going with the Usos for my pick. I, I think right now yeah. uh, for pound for pound from the look and the way they're wrestling, in the change, that these guys have a little bit of momentum going. I love—look, I love the new look. I love the hill turn. They haven't done enough with the hill turn, in my opinion. And maybe giving them the belts, they could really go a little more hillish, I guess, than they would. Because they just seem to be lost in this mix of all these other tag teams who— in my in my opinion, the Ascension, Ascension glorified jobbers, Vaudevillain, glorified jobbers, Brizango glorified jobbers, Heath and Rhino. I'm not even sure they're.
1: I don't. I'm not even sure the Vaudevillains or the Ascension or Brizango are glorified jobbers. I think they're just straight up jobbers. But
0: but but Heath and <laughs> Rhino. Rhino looks like poo right now. Oh my god! It's like he got big, and with the mutton chops, it's. It, it, he doesn't have the it thing anymore. Rhino doesn't excite me. Heath, you know, I wish he he has so much talent, but this whole redneck thing did not work for me. I I, I feel like yeah. he's been mismanaged and misused. But it comes down to the American Alpha and the Usos is the only two legitimate tag teams in this match.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. And the only reason I the only reason I don't think a team like the Usos would win is because if you're going to have them go over, you probably do it in a legitimate feud. You know, you have a, you know, you have a situation where it's been built up and there's been something going on. I I think it's either going to be American alpha winning in the most boring, pointless tag team turmoil match ever. Just to, just to kill time and get to the next show or it's going to be something shocking. And that's what, and not, you know, Usos wouldn't be shocking because the Usos have been at the top and they're one of the most established teams. They've been quiet lately, but you know, they're a big deal. So that's the only reason that I don't think that will happen.
0: Let's move on to the Becky Lynch and Mickey James, which I think this has all the makings to be the match of the night. You have the young buck versus the veteran, Mickey James is looking great. I mean, I wasn't very impressed on SmackDown with her mic work. I, I thought it was subpar at best. But I, you know, this is just giving Becky Lynch something to do until Alexa Bliss, uh, you know, blows off Naomi here. I, I think this is going to be probably one of the better matches of the night.
1: I agree with you. I think that this match has the potential to be really good. Uh, Mickey James looked great against Asuka a couple months ago in mm-hmm. NXT. Um, so she still has got it. Uh, they've done a good job of, uh, in the short time that they've had, at least they've done an, an an adequate job of building this up, making it, there's a, there's a reason behind all of this. There's, you know, that it makes sense why these guys are wrestling. And the name of that tag team just popped into my head, the revival. That's what I'm talking about. They will be up sooner than later. Anyway. Um, uh, I think I agree with you that this match could be one of the better matches of the night. So who wins it? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think that see here's the it's that's it's an interesting uh, dilemma that the WWE finds themselves in because this is Mickey James' first match on the main roster. Second match, I think. Right, I don't think she's been in another match since returning to the WWE overall, and she lost uh, to Asuka. I think she. Are you going to have her lose? To did she wrestle a, another match? I don't. I don't remember.
0: I think um, she might have, but it, but under okay, the
1: mask. Well, anyway, you don't want her to. You don't want her to be. You don't want her to show up and not be able to win. Right. You know, you want to make her legit. You want to immediately make her legitimate by giving her a big win, but at the same time. You make Becky Lynch lose again. You know she's becoming almost the male version of Dolph Ziggler. She just <laughs> always loses. She puts on a great match and loses. That's her thing. Great match, lose. Great match, lose. Um, she's great at bouncing back from it. That's I. That I get that. That's her thing. Um, I get that that she wants to be the female Sami Zayn, not the female Dolph Ziggler. But she's walking a fine line right now, so it's tough to make her lose and keep her strong. I, uh, in the end, I think it will be Mickey James. I think it'll be a screwy finish. I think she cheats to win because everybody always cheats Becky Lynch. Um, she always loses because she's always getting screwed. Um, so I think that that's what we'll see again here. And, Eventually, though, she's going to have to vanquish Mickey James and get to the point where she's wrestling Alexa at WrestleMania. You know, she's going to have to get back to Alexa sooner than later because I think that's going to be the WrestleMania match.
0: I am. I'm but going. I
1: think. I think Mickey wins in a screwy in a in a screwy finish.
0: I'm taking Becky Lynch here. I think. Uh, a win over Mickey James will automatically propel her back into the Alexa Bliss championship, assuming Alexa Bliss walks out with the belt. But here, here's my thought process: is there's really no one else in this women's division that can that that is close to being a number one contender other than Becky Lynch, and you're not going to put uh, Mickey James into that match because they're friends. I, I think Becky Lynch goes over. Uh, and then when we talk about the Alexa Bliss-Naomi match, we can expound on it better. But I, I think Becky, the only smart move here is to have Becky go over.
1: Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I, I do. I, I understand that. But I just feel like the way that WWE books Becky Lynch is that she loses and she battles back from adversity. From adversity um so I think with it being Mickey's first shot, I, Becky never beats somebody the first in the first match. She always has to get screwed over, and she always has to come from behind, and she always has to um, uh, uh, avenge, you know, the the losses or mm-hmm. the or the the treatment that she's received. So I know that Mickey cost her the title, so maybe that is already, you know, that she's already avenging something, but. Um, I think it'll be Mickey. I think it'll be Mickey in a screwy finish. I think she cheats to win, and then Becky does the whole Becky thing. At some point, Becky Lynch has got to turn heel or become a winner. She's got to turn heel. She's got to go, you know what? I'm sick of being weak. I'm weak because of you. I'm weak because I'm trying to make everybody happy. I'm weak because uh, I'm always trying to do the right thing, and I'm sick of losing. And she goes heel. She was a heel in NXT for a while, um, and I didn't—I I wasn't big into NXT at that time. But I've heard really good things about the way that she—that her or the way her character was when she was a heel. Mm. But geez, she's got to either start winning or go heel or something because I just am getting—I'm getting so tired of watching her lose and watching her get screwed over. If if somebody is a friend of Becky Lynch's and is a face. It's a it's they're a week away from a heel turn because that's just how it always goes with Becky Lynch.
0: Did you hear And this is has nothing to do with the pay-per-view and this has nothing to do with what you just said, but something popped into my head. I was having a conversation with someone uh, who's who's pretty close to wrestling business. And and, uh, he said one of the rumors coming out, which he thinks might be legit, is uh, uh, on Raw. He thinks uh, they're going to end up firing McFoley and bringing in um, bringing in Kurt Angle as the new Raw GM.
1: I've heard that. I've heard. I've heard that. Room. It's only a matter of time, right? And right. even McFoley has said, "You get you're hired to be fired," and you know they've already. Got it set up where Stephanie's frustrated and mad at Mick, and it's only a matter of time before he's fired anyway, so somebody's going to have to replace him. I have heard Kurt Angle's name. I've also heard Sting's name and Hulk Hogan's name uh, as being possible replacements for Mick Foley as the GM on Raw.
0: I don't feel like you can have two face GMs back-to-back.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. I could see that. But, But I also don't see them having... A full heel. Well, now nah, as I as I say that, I I realize how stupid that sounds because they've done it so many times. I was gonna say that a full heel authority um, organization but they've done that, you know, a million times. But yeah, I I don't want them to do that. I like that I like there being one good guy and one bad guy and the you know the bad guy's there and is always on the heel side and make a, and then there's the one good guy fighting for justice. I I I much prefer it that way. I feel like you can tell much better stories when you've got both sides represented. And if you Stephanie's the ultimate boss, she's so the, ultimately the the power lies with the bad guy and that's fine with me. But I just get – I was so bored with the authority for for so long. And I would hate to see them go back to a situation like that where you've just got the authority figures just being absolute heels every week, doing everything they can to screw over the good guys. There was a point in time um, when my my now six-year-old daughter – was five years old and every now and then would pop in, poke her head in and look at wrestling when I was watching it. And she'd always ask me, who's the good guy? Who's the bad guy? Who's the good girl? Who's the bad girl? And after doing that for a a little period of time during the, this was while the authority thing was going on. One day she looked at me and she goes, dad, dad, how come the good guy never wins? <laughs> and I thought, you know what? That's a great question. They never do. They never go over. They never could get. It was always the bad guy. It was always mm-hmm. the authority coming out on top. And it was it was just so boring. It uh, so I hope they don't do that. Let's let's. Move. That's a long-winded answer to that question, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah, let's move back into the <laughs> card here, where we have Apollo Cruz, uh, Kalisto versus Dolph Ziggler in a two-on-one handicap match. I don't know what else to say about this. You know, I could easily see Dolph Ziggler winning this, which would definitely hurt Apollo Cruz. I think Kalisto isn't isn't a cool thing anymore. Um, is is close as he was to reaching the top, he just got buried again. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna go with Cruz and Kalisto to get the win on this one. As much I, I, I truly think Ziggler wins it. But I just think it, it a loss here will hurt Cruz more than it hurts anybody else in this group of guys, and maybe you can use this it, to to me in reality. If you're asking me to suspend my disbelief, there's no way Dolph Ziggler gets out of this match alive.
1: If you if Apollo Cruz and Callisto don't win, you may as well just release them because. Right. If you can't, if if two of you can't beat one Dolph Ziggler, uh, I mean, if the two of you can't beat Dolph Ziggler, how could the two of, how could one of you ever be anything thought as as somebody who could beat anybody of note in a one on one match? Is it, are there any stipulations that we know of in this match? Is it a no DQ match or anything nope. like that? Because nope. you know, maybe if Ziggler gets a hold of a chair and just starts whacking everybody, then he could win that way, but. Without that stipulation, I don't see how he could possibly
0: win. The only way I can see this going down, and and this was another point I made somewhere else, this could turn into a a, a fatal three way match. Somehow, you know, Cruz and Kaliso get sideways with each other, and you know, it's the three of them battling each other, and that's kind of where I hope this ends up going.
1: Yeah, I. I, did, I never I never I never thought of that. I don't know they, the way they have Kalisto and Apollo Cruz booked, I mean they are two the their characters are both such straight forward baby faces that don't have a I can't I can't even imagine either of them as a heel at all i couldn't see them t- either one of those guys turning on each other or it, it you know have, doing something dastardly
0: but it doesn't Go have ahead. to be that it doesn't have to be them turning on each other i mean Dolph could duck and one hits the other guy and then they start pushing each other and then ziggler jumps in yeah. and yeah. then they're all beating each other up i i think that don't i don't, would I don't even see that i to me what would be amazing mm-hmm. is to watch apollo cruz pin calisto in
1: this? Is that that possible?
0: I don't know, but I think that would have been phenomenal ending where you go, "What just happened and who won?" If if I'm booking this match, neither neither one of these three people are doing anything anyway, so you might as well add something crazy or screw into it like that just to make everybody go, "What did I just watch?"
1: I'm pretty sure though that this is a this is a straightforward handicap match and. And Cruz and, and, and Kalisto have to tag in and out. I don't think they can – I don't think it's like a three-way. I don't think there's a – it's like a situation where they're all in the ring at once. Boy, I wish it was. I, I mean, if I'm – Yeah, but, and I could be wrong about that. I don't know for sure. I don't really, know if there's any stipulations or what's going on with this match. I think
0: the 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 tag team turmoil match, isn't that uh, one of those things where if one guy gets uh, – if if uh, something happens and that whole tag team's out –
1: I think no. I think the tag team turmoil match is like is like a is like a fatal four way or a um, a, you know, a situation where there is a representative of each team in the ring at all times, and the champions don't have to be pinned. Okay. And you know somebody gets pinned, and, and whoever you know who, whatever team scores a pinfall first or a submission first wins. Period. I believe that's how they have that match set up. But here, you know what? Here's a perfect example of why. What we were talking about at the very beginning of this, when we were talking about how the two week build is not long enough and how they haven't done a good job of building this up. The fact that we're sitting here asking questions about the rules of these matches and, and we look into it, we look into this stuff. If you're just a, if you're just a guy who just watches the television shows and the pay-per-views and you don't, you don't listen to podcasts or read uh, the wrestling websites or anything, it, if we're confused, the, the, those fans have no idea. They don't know what the rules – I don't even know what the rules of some of these matches are. So how could they know? And it just goes to show you that the WWE is not doing themselves any favors by putting these pay-per-views so close to each other, and these builds are so fast, and you know, it's just, people can't keep up, and they don't know what's going on.
0: I, I, I agree. So who goes over in this match? I'm going cruising Callisto here. It's, it, I
1: just I I feel like it ha- I just feel like it has to be cruising. I we, I know that uh, – we get But back then at the same, same time easier. I can't imagine Dolph Ziggler losing it. This is this is kind of like the Becky Mickey thing. Uh, it it, it Whoever loses is going to look so bad Mm -hmm. because if Dolph loses again, he's just losing. That's all he does is lose. He was supposed to turn heel to start winning, but he doesn't win. He just loses still. He loses and then beats people up. Is that what he's going to do again? Because that's boring. Is he going to lose again tomorrow and then just beat those guys up with a a steel chair? Because that's boring. But at the same time, if he beats two guys, you're just burying Kalisto and Apollo Cruz, just burying them. And if it is a straight up, uh, if it is a straight up, uh, a handicap match, like I think it is. Okay. So maybe Dolph does a brilliant job of isolating one guy in a corner and he's able to beat them. And he didn't really beat two guys. He just beat one guy and he was never allowed to make a tag. Still. That still to me is, it just makes the, the, the the two of them look so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, as much as I hate to see Dolph Ziggler lose again, I think that's the way it has to go because I I doubt that they would just absolutely bury Kalisto and Apollo Cruz like that. So I'm gonna have to go with the I'm gonna have to go with the two faces.
0: I'm okay with that. Uh, we're at least guaranteed one tie here. Yeah. So
1: I think no. Didn't we both go with Mojo? I think we both went with oh, Mojo. Oh yeah, we
0: both went with Mojo. Let's <laughs> let's move on to the other non-title match of the evening and then we'll go talk to the talk about the titles. It's Luke Harper versus Randy Orton in the singles match. To me, there's no way Luke Harper wins this and you know, I don't know how the card is built yet. Uh, does this match happen before the elimination chamber? Does this match happen after the elimination chamber? I uh, so it has
1: to be before Elimination Chamber has to be last,
0: right? Has I, to be. I would think so, but you you never know what the building of the pay per views anymore. You know, there's yeah, been. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I'm, I'll say this happens before. I'm giving it to Randy Orton. <laughs> I think a win for Luke Harper does nothing for Luke Harper. It, it doesn't. I mean,. What 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 would Luke Harper do if he won? He's still chasing around Bray Wyatt, like, hey, you know, he this guy's tearing apart the family. Let's be buddies still, <laughs> and he's beating on Randy Orton, but won't touch Bray. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I think Randy Orton wins it. I don't think it's going to be even close, and there's going to be some sort of shenanigans, and maybe this is where you see Bray totally turn on Luke Harper coming out and just just hitting them hard and just you know th- this is the end of the wyatt I think
1: I think it I think that I'm agreeing with you that Randy Orton wins I mm-hmm. think if there's one if there's one match that I had to put my put my money on if I had to pick one lock of, you know like a football lock of the week um uh, this would be the lock of the of the pay per view. Randy Orton has to win. Randy Orton's the guy that's going to be fighting for the world championship at mm-hmm. WrestleMania. So he has a lot more to lose than Luke Harper. Luke Harper wins; he looks great. But he, if he loses, he's just in the exact same spot as he is right now. He doesn't he doesn't lose anything by losing. Um, but I do think I do I disagree with you here. I think it's going to be a great match. I think this one could be um this one we talked about Mickey and Becky. I think these are the two matches that are going to be the that are going to fight for match of the night. Um Luke Harper is awesome in the ring. Obviously so is Randy Orton. Um I think Luke is going to I think Luke is going to come out looking better even though he's going to lose. And and I think it'll be clean. I, we may see Bray. Maybe it'll be some sort of distraction finish, but I don't think Bray's going to get involved. I, he may, maybe we see him appear at ringside or something, but I don't think he's going to get involved. I don't think there's going to be any uh, any cheating uh, aside from you know tights pulled and things like that. Um, I, but I think it's going to be a heck of a match. I think they're going to put on a great show. Um, but yeah, in the end, it's it just has to be it just has to be Randy Orton.
0: Uh, yeah, that's. That's a no-brainer right there. Let's move on and talk about the Alexa Bliss-Naomi match. And Once again, this is all Bliss. I don't think Naomi has a chance. A lot of people are talking about that this is going to be an upset, but you've booked Bliss pretty well. As as good as you could book a champion, she's been pretty booked well. For a small girl, the build-up, I mean, right now, she's probably one of the most. And she's a heel, I get it, but for... For champion purposes, she's probably one of the most likable champions. As, as, uh, and when I say it like that, I mean aesthetically like, whoa, I could see her being a champion. Like, I, I like that the belt is on her, not like, hey, look, let's everybody be friends with Bliss. So I think she keeps the belt.
1: I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm picking uh, Alexa to win this one as well. I, I won't be surprised. I think it's a bad move to have Naomi win it because I think if you're going to give somebody like Naomi, their first title run, you need, you need to make them this sympathetic character. The chase needs to be awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to, you want to have them uh, when a face wins their first title, it needs to be like, yes, like they just climbed the mountain and they got there, not just handed to them, but Getting back to what I talked about earlier with, this, with the surprising finish uh, when I picked the Ascension and I talked about Zack Ryder at WrestleMania, it's certainly the, – uh, the WWE is certainly capable of, hey, just because everybody thinks this, let's do this. Right. Let's do the opposite and let's shock everybody and blah, Um, so I could see them doing that but I think it's the wrong move and I I don't think they will do it but I but I won't be surprised if they do but I've got to go with Alexa. I agree with everything that you just said. She's a great heel champion. She's so good on the mic. She's so good uh at cutting promos. Um he, she makes up for her a lack of size and you look at her and you go, how could she be a champion? You know, she's too little. How could she beat these, these girls that are bigger and stronger than she is? Um, she makes up for all of that with her mic work and, um, so she's a good champion. She needs to stay champion for uh, for a while, at least until WrestleMania, uh, and let whoever it is—I think it'll be Becky—but if it is Naomi, that's fine. But whoever it is needs to chase her for a while. Needs to get beaten a few times. Needs to get put down. Needs to get cheated out of their out of their title, uh, and before finally conquering her, it can't just be um, the first match of a, a you know, and we're just going to hand it to Naomi just to shake everything just to surprise everybody. So I'm with you.
0: And finally, what we've all been waiting for the elimination chamber match itself where John Cena, the champion 16 time goes in versus AJ styles, who he beat Dean Ambrose, who's the intercontinental champion, the Miz, who's a former intercontinental champion, Baron Corbin, who's there because someone else has to be there and Bray Wyatt, who the internet favorite right now to win it. (laughs) Look, well, tell me I'm wrong. To me, uh, one of these things don't that, you know doesn't look like the other, and Baron Corbin just doesn't look like he should be in this match to me.
1: See, I think it's I think Dean Ambrose is the one that's there because they have to fill another spot. I get what they're doing with. Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's not going to win. Baron Corbin is—they're building him. They're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're putting him in the ring with these other names to get you used to seeing him in the ring with those guys, and to—and to convince us that he belongs in that group and in that discussion. And so I get—I get what they're doing. Ambrose, if there's one person now, now this—this will guarantee him winning, but. If there's one person that's not going to win, it's Dean Ambrose. They're not going to make Dean Ambrose the world champion and intercontinental champion at friggin' Elimination Chamber with two weeks' build. He's not going to walk out of there with both titles around his waist. That would be crazy. Um, so if he, he's the one to me that is just the absolute no-chance guy to win this thing. Um, I think that Barron will look good. I don't think he'll win, but I think he's there to look good. I think that Baron Corbin, to me, is the perfect money-in-the-bank person. He's the perfect money-in-the-bank briefcase holder and cashing in at some oppor- – I, Ber- I think Baron Corbin wins a world title by the end of 2017. By the end of this year, I think that he does win the title. Um, but I think – again, I think, he's a, I think he's the perfect money-in-the-bank guy, but – Anyway, um, I think in the end, I am going to stick with – I know this is the easy pick because this is what everybody's guessing and this is what all the rumors are. But sometimes that's – it's what everybody's saying because it's the truth. And so uh, I think it is going to be Bray Wyatt. I think that they've decided, you know, when they gave the Royal Rumble to Randy Orton, I think that they were setting things up for – Orton and Wyatt at WrestleMania. Maybe AJ Styles is in that match too. And maybe it's some kind of uh, triple threat match, but I think Bray Wyatt wins. I think Bray Wyatt walks out with the championship.
0: Here's my problem with you saying that, and I get Bray Wyatt right now is a popular choice. The Bray Wyatt versus Randy Orton feud we got, you know, later in 2016 seemed very still and that, that mystery the the dark Randy Orton did not play well to me. It did not fit what he was. I he's a hill. He's a very slow, methodical, methodical hill. But he's not like, you know, another worldly character like Bray Wyatt hill. And it did not work for me. And if they're gonna do this, they have to scrap this kind of Randy Orton and bring back, you know, throwing the arms up and, you know. The, the pomp and circumstance, Randy Orton, because I, I just did not like the the the
1: way that that feud was going. Does that make sense? It does. And I agree with you. I agree with you completely. Um, I don't I don't think that I'm not picking Bray Wyatt because I think it's the right thing to do. I'm picking Bray Wyatt because I think it's what I think that that's what's going to happen. Um I. <sighs> I do I will say this though they've 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 backed themselves into a corner because if you give it back to a j now we're just doing the old hot potato it's yours, it's mine, it's yours, it's mine, it's yours, it's mine. If you let Cena keep it i i it just doesn't seem like it, it seems like this was just a, here we're just gonna let Cena win this because then we get sixteen out of the way, and now um. You know, next time, and then we'll build something big for number seventeen. We'll we'll make that a big deal. You know, either you know next year or whenever it happens. Um, if you if Cena wins it, there's nothing really set up for him to do except continue to fight with AJ Styles, which I think that they're trying to move on from that. So if you can't let Cena keep it, and you can't, and you don't want to give it back to AJ because then you're just handing it back and forth. You're not going to give it to Baron Corbin. You're not going to give it to the Miz. You're not going to give it to Dean Ambrose. You've set things up for Orton and, and Wyatt. You've been working on that, that, that storyline for months now. I, I just think that the writing's on the wall for it to be. And I, I don't – I'm not saying that because I agree with it. I just think that that's what's going to happen.
0: So here's, here's my prediction. And it changed because coming into this podcast, I had AJ Styles for the win. I thought AJ was going to get it back and this was going to open the door. But, you know, I had a thought when you were talking. And I am going to put The Miz down for the win. And here's why. Really? Here's why I'm going with The Miz. Could Could you imagine the promo when Dean Ambrose comes out and starts talking this stuff and then The Miz comes out and says, I'm better than you? I'm the world champ. You you stole that from me, but look who I am now. Once again, I am better than you. The, you know, it was great. Yeah,
1: when, but then you're going to have to have the Miz and Dean Ambrose in a feud if right. he's going to talk crap like that. And you, you don't want that to be your feud going into WrestleMania, do you?
0: Well, it won't be because, you know, the Miz is going up against going into the, you know, if he wins, would still go up against Randy Orton. But the Miz, would oh yeah, you're right. Be, the Miz would be the perfect champion going into WrestleMania. He's he's headlined of WrestleMania as a champion, hasn't
1: he? Did, did wasn't it him and John Cena? He was at, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, he did, yes, for sure. I don't know if that sh- I don't know if that match ha- technically headlined. I don't remember, but but, but was, yeah, he was, um, he was the WWE champion at WrestleMania.
0: And who has been on their game the most as of late than than the Miz? and to me Nobody. You're, you're right to me I still see Randy Orton no matter who is the champ is walking out with that belt to, so I have a I don't want to see Bray Wyatt win it because all he's going to do is be served up in six weeks at Wrestlemania and I want Bray Wyatt to have a very lengthy title reign Baron Corbin I just don't see him doing it uh, AJ Styles and John Cena I could see him screwing each other in this match causing them as the win uh, you know, and who? I mean, who else would be perfect just to give the belt up in six weeks of Randy Orton than the Miz? Because you're not going to do it with John Cena. You, it, it, you're going to bury AJ Styles if you do that. You're protecting everybody by having the Miz roll over at WrestleMania. I feel like.
1: Yeah, but it, uh, you're going to really sell tickets to WrestleMania with a with a Miz Randy Orton. WrestleMania tickets. Championship them- match.
0: WrestleMania tickets sell themselves, and even if it's the Miz versus Randy Orton, you know you're selling tickets because it's Goldberg and 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 uh, Brock Lesnar. That's what's going to be the big match, or as I call him, Oldberg. <laughs> I like calling him Dadberg. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but here's here's going to be the interesting thing, and here's the twist. For the tiebreaker, if there's a tiebreaker, and maybe this is is for the bonus point, who gets pinned in the elimination chamber?
1: Who who, who I, I think who, it's the Miz. I think the Miz gets pinned. See, that, I think the Miz gets pinned by Bray by Bray Wyatt.
0: Can can I pick? Can I still pick the Miz to win and the Miz to get pinned? Because you're right. If he doesn't win, he's the guy taking the <laughs> taking the pin.
1: Yeah, I I, I just – I to me, if you have The Miz and Randy Orton, I, I get I, – I understand what you're saying. The Undertaker's a big deal at WrestleMania. Goldberg and Lesnar are a big deal at WrestleMania. You don't need this match. But you don't want people saying that. You don't want people saying that, that the WWE championship match – is like the fourth most important match on the card. You want the WWE championship match to be something big. I'm not saying that Bray that Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton is that big match, but I think that they think it's that big match. I don't think that I think the WWE thinks is that that's the big match. That's the match that they've invested in, that's the story they've been telling. I just don't see that I just don't see them suddenly Putting the Miz in this whole mix. And you're right, he has been great, but he's great at being the Intercontinental Champion mm-hmm. or feuding for the Intercontinental Championship. Maybe he wins another WWE Championship at some point down the road, but I really don't think it's this. Maurice can't get involved in the Elimination Chamber. Um, so I just don't see it. I just. I just don't see him he would have to win on his own. I mean, I guess he could steal the pinfall from somebody else. And he uh, could you could very you know, well He could let that. somebody else do the dirty work and he could sneak in and and snake it away. He could win like that absolutely, but you know, he usually wins with Maurice and uh, she's not she's not going to be able to do anything in this one. I think it's I think it's Bray Wyatt. I think it's Bray Wyatt. I think it's Bray and Randy at WrestleMania, and I think that Bray wins at WrestleMania because either Eric Rowan comes back for the first time out of nowhere, or maybe we see a new member of the Wyatt family, or or we haven't seen Luke Harper, it, 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 you know, for weeks. Maybe we don't see him after Elimination Chamber until WrestleMania. I think somebody pops up, uh, and uh, you know. It, it, and screws Randy and Bray wins again at WrestleMania.
0: Uh, I'm also picking Dean Ambrose to take the
1: pin. Gotcha. It, I'm taking Miz to take the pin and and Bray Wyatt to win the match.
0: And by the way, you know, you, you, when you were saying the one guy that probably shouldn't be in here is Dean Ambrose because he's Intercontinental Champion, let's not forget. And if if his if my memory serves me correct. Isn't being the Intercontinental Champion meaning you're the number one contender? Because that's what it used to mean. Yeah. Is if
1: you were the Inter- it used to mean that. I don't think it means that anymore. I wish it still did. I wish it did. I, I agree with you, and I think it did. I think it did mean that back in the day, but I don't think it's like that anymore. I think they're, they're considered separate. Mm. Uh, it shouldn't be that way. The Intercontinental Champion should be the second-best wrestler in the I, – I mean, you know, Technically, they, that should be the second-best wrestler on the roster. That should be a guy that's good enough to be the world champion. I feel like it should be that way with the United States championship, too. I don't understand why the U.S. – I don't understand why – I mean, we, we have seen guys like John Cena, obviously. When, and, and when was it at its best? When John Cena had it. I don't understand when it's like, well, let the mid-card guys have this title, have the Intercontinental title or the U.S. title. It doesn't make any sense to me. The titles should be on the biggest guys, and I have no problem with a huge name having the Intercontinental Champion and the U.S. Championship. Um, it doesn't need to be. The U.S. Champion does not need to be Kalisto, for God's sakes, because um, it just doesn't do anything for the just doesn't do anything for the belt.
0: Do, do you think? And, the, and I feel the same way. For at least for the U.S. title, it needs to be bigger. It looks so small on some of these bigger guys. Like, hey, is that that's your belt?
1: <laughs> that's your little belt. I've never, I have, I have honestly never noticed that. I, I like, I kind of like the U.S. title. I like that it's got the red, white, and blue. I like. I'm not it's got, the design. You know, the country on it, like that. But, but yeah, we get I've it never, I've never thought of that before. But now I will. Now I'm gonna. Go, go my go OCD is not gonna let me not see it from now on. Now that you've said it.
0: All right, so let's wrap this up. That's our Elimination Chamber preview. This will be up on our SmackDown Live uh, iTunes and Stitcher feed. You can also find this podcast and many more over at 97, 97.1... What? What's hang on? I'm gonna get- I'll,
1: I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: I'll do this one 971 talk.com. That's uh, that's the radio station that I work for in St. Louis. That's our website, and then my last name is Columbo with all those. So you just go 971 talk.com slash Columbo. All of the uh, podcasts are there. We do weekly reviews of both uh, Raw and SmackDown. We do it all together. We don't do one for each. We do a, uh, an entire week together. Uh, we have our countdown show that we call the Tens, and uh, we do these special, obviously around Pay Per View or just anytime we feel like talking wrestling, we make a podcast. So uh, you can see all of them there, and you can follow me, Tony Colombo, on Twitter at Tony Colombo nine seven one Tony Colombo. 971 and dennis farrell my partner how do they follow you and uh where else could they see the or listen to the podcast
0: you can listen on itunes and stitcher go over there rate, subscribe leave a comment it helps algorithms and helps us move up the rankings and the higher up we move up the cooler things we have going on uh we got some other things we're not going to announce yet but it's it's coming You go over to Facebook and like our Facebook page, Smack Talk Live. There's like, it grew, believe it or not. We going into this, into today, we had like four followers. Now we're up to like 16 with all the promotions. Wow. Yeah.
1: Nice.
0: But it's huge. It's brand new, and we really (laughs) appreciate you guys. So help grow it. It's an open forum where you guys can post questions and talk to each other and, and be part of it it's not just us dictating topics and content to you so head over there uh please like it we'll appreciate it and every time every time facebook live uh f- the facebook live page gets a like and angel gets his rings just remember that guys
1: so, i, I we, like that you, yeah and and here's the thing if you are a person that just likes to talk wrestling This is the podcast for you because we have no agenda. We are two guys that have jobs. Uh, completely separate from this we're not in this to make a name for ourselves we're not in this to somehow make money off of it we are just here to be a couple of guys talking wrestling and anybody that wants to talk wrestling with us we would love to hear from you it's just there's nothing there's no more to it than that we dennis and i would talk wrestling on a weekly basis uh, on the phone or texting each other back and forth, and this just was an excuse to talk more wrestling with each other, and if anybody wants to uh, do it, uh, we, we love it. So that's that's all it is. And if that sounds like something that you'd like to listen to or be a part of, then we'd love to have you on the Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and give us your comments and let us know what you like and what you don't like, what you want us to talk about and where we were wrong and where we were right and everything else. We just we'd love to hear from you if this is your kind of show.
0: And you can follow me on Twitter at Dennis Seven Seven Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Tony is not on Facebook, but I am. Send me a friend request, Dennis Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Tony, it's been well over an hour, so we're going to cut these guys loose, and uh, we'll see you Monday or maybe even Sunday night for our Elimination Chamber wrap-up podcast. So we appreciate you guys. Tony, thank you, buddy.
1: Thank you, and we'll uh, see you real soon, and we'll see how we did with our predictions. Can't wait.
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much.